It's good to be amongst you, and it's a privilege to bring God's word. I want to read a portion from Exodus chapter 15 and from verse 22 onwards to the end of the chapter. Exodus 15 and verse 22. We read, So Moses brought Israel for, from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Mara, they could not drink of the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and wilt go uh, give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that he left thee. And they came to Elim, where were twelve wells of water, and three score and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. Amen. Let us bow in prayer. Our God and our Father, thy word is true. Every part of it is truth. And yet, O oh God, we pray that it might come alive to us as we consider it, and may it move us to seeking thee and worshipping thee. Give us a reverent heart before thee. Give us a heart that stands in awe of thee and that trembles at thy word. Give us a sense of thyself, we pray, as we consider it. And lead us into that place of prayer near to thy heart. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Now, dear friends, this is a passage that is very familiar to, to you, I'm sure, this healing of the bitter waters. But, <clears throat> friends, very often God teaches us lessons um, in bitter experiences. And while this is true, it is also true that experience is, is the best teacher. Uh, you can tell a child repeatedly that fire or the stove and so on, it's hot, but they never really get it until they have been burnt. And when this happens, uh, they can relate to what hot means. And it is a lesson that they will never forget as long as they live. And I'm sure you have uh, such experiences. I have a mark on the back of my hand here, uh, was when my mother was ironing, I was about three or four, and she kept saying, be careful, this is hot, be careful, this is hot. So uh, my cousin who was with me, he touched the iron, and he was burnt. And I thought it's a good idea, so I touched it too. So I was burnt as well. And my mother never had to tell either of us any more about the fact that the iron was hot, and I still have the mark to prove it. But the Lord deals with us in similar ways, and I just want to speak to you for a little while 
on the subject of um, bitter tests in the wilderness of life, which should bring us to the place of prayer. And here in this passage that is very familiar to all of us, I'm sure, you find a number of tests. First, there is this test of no water. The children of Israel have come out of the, the, uh, their captivity in, in, Israel, uh, in Egypt, and they have seen great wonders and great workings of God, and they are now brought into this wilderness. And uh, Andrew Bonner, the Scottish pastor, he said, let us be as watchful after the victory as before the battle. And that's so important. It's possible to uh, to win the battle and yet lose the victory. Uh, it, it is possible for us to have great time with God, both in prayer, maybe in services in, in, in the, our churches, and yet go, go on the day after and lose out with God. And, um, and, and this, is, this is where the children of Israel found themselves. They forgot that life is a pilgrimage during which uh, we must learn new lessons and, and fight new battles. And that's why prayer, we put on as part of the armor of God, all prayer is put on every day. You see, you have it. You have this armor. Every Christian has it. But there is a difference between having something and putting on something. And uh, this is the lesson that this Israelites had to learn uh, and this test that there was no water. And so you, you read, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. And remember, it wasn't just Moses just wandering about. It was the Lord. Still, the pillar of cloud and fire was before them. And Moses was, was guiding them through. And they went out into the wilderness of Sher and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. So you, you put yourself in their shoes, as it were, and, uh, and you think about this, what, what they experienced. And uh, it, it's an, it, it is quite interesting. Um, uppermost in the minds of the Israelites wasn't how to please God in this situation, but what, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? According to what the Lord Jesus said, these were the questions that reveals an anxious heart and not a trusting heart. They, they, they had this test. There was no water. And, and this, lead, this kind of a thing can lead us, this kind of a questioning uh, heart that where is water? We can't find any water. Uh, this can lead to all kinds of problems. God was testing his people, not because he didn't know their hearts, but because they, they didn't know their own hearts. And, uh, and, and that's something you have to think about as well. Maybe you are see, uh, facing uh, a situation in your life, and maybe it's not the matter of water, but something else is missing. Something else is mit- missing. Spurgeon said this about this passage. He said, the Egyptians found enough water and even too much of it, for they were drowned in the sea, but the well-beloved Israelites had no water at all. So it is with the wicked man. He often has enough of wealth and too much of it till he is drowned in sensual delights and perishes in floods of prosperity. 
And friends, there is something not much between our songs and our sorrows. If we were to read the whole of uh, this chapter 15 of Exodus, you'll see at the beginning, there is this great song of Moses um, that they begin to sing of the great mighty deeds of God. And then in, in verse, you come to verse 24, and then they are murmuring against God. They are murmuring. Instead of praying, they are murmuring. And um, uh, friends, immediately after Christ had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he was, he, he was tempted of the devil, uh, the scripture says. So we ought to watch our hearts. And I don't know your situation. I don't know what uh, uh, wilderness you are in right now and the thing that you are lacking right now. But let it drive you to prayer. Uh, if you have... Um, had a blessed time with God and enjoyed the Lord's presence and the Lord has answered your prayers, well, keep closer to him. Don't slack off. Don't think all, it, all will be well. No, don't take these times for granted. So there is this, uh, this test of no water. The second test was the bitter water, which was a worse kind of test. And you think about this. Uh, the, again, the children of Israel have been rescued. The Lord had saved them out of Egypt. He has brought them through uh, the Red Sea. But you put yourself in their shoes. Um, someone at the front of the caravan, after all this time of no water, someone shouts out, oh, I see some shimmers uh, of, of sunlight on water. There's water ahead. Someone is shouting and they're all uh, so happy. Uh, and they're so um, glad to, to hear this. And, and yet they come to it. What do they find? They can't, they can't uh, drink this water. It's not just that there was no water. Yes, they found water, but they can't drink it. Um, they might have thought, what kind of a cruel joke is this? Uh, that we find undrinkable water. Now, something you ought to think about is this. Maybe, maybe you are finding this as well in your life. Something that you have reached and it's so bitter. You don't know what to do. You, you don't know how to use this thing. What, how can God use this? How can uh, God glorify himself in this? But remember this, that God led them to this place of bitterness by his providence. Uh, they were not there by mistake. And wherever you are in your life, if you believe in a sovereign God, God is in control. And the things that are happening in our lives, we don't believe it's by mistake. Um, it is part of the, uh, the, the counsel and foreknowledge of God. And they were not there by coincidence. They were not there because of some sort of, as the world would say, bad luck. They were not there because uh, they couldn't read a map. They were not there. Um, because of any of these things, but they were there because the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud were releading them. The man of God was leading them. They were there exactly in the place that God wanted them by his unfailing providence. And so wherever you are right now, you humble yourself by your head and say, Lord, it is of thy dirt. I am here because thou hast led me this far. Lord, teach me thy way. The third thing is this, the test, the tests of God.
can make us grumble and murmur. And we have to watch this. And you see this verse 24, and the people um, <clears throat> murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? Can you just believe this? Uh, they are saying at the beginning of the chapter, they are saying our God is a true God. Jehovah is his name. Glorious, wonderful, majestic is his name. Uh, he is our God forever and ever. We will follow him all the days of our life. And then three days later, not three weeks later, not three months later, not three years later. Uh, now they are griping and, uh, and complaining and murmuring and criticizing and carping and finding faults. Where has God brought us? This can't be the will of God. It's the same people. And it's unbelievable. But you and I, we do the same thing. You see, in this situation, you have to bear this in mind. That nothing had gone wrong when they got to Mara. They had not sinned. And when they had got to Mara, God had not failed. They were there in the plan of God, in the will of God, and in the work of God. And so you can write over the whole whole thing, and uh, you can <clears throat> you can you can say, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. You could write that over this. Now, I want to tell you, dear friends, in the providence of God the unfailing providence of God, you, you're often led to a place of bitterness. I hope you understand that. God has led you that way. And, and you need to understand that today. And so don't get the idea that if you're a Christian, you can't go that way. No, our Savior was led in a bitter path. And so his disciples will follow him too. So don't think this is not the will of God. They were there because God wanted them to be. But instead of grumbling, you ought to be praying. You ought to be asking God um, to show you himself. You see, the, the Israelites, and our time is gone, but the Israelites were finding some things about themselves. They're finding that they were living for self. They were concerned about their bodily satisfaction. They were walking by sight. Uh, they were not satisfied. These are some of the things they learned about themselves. But Bitter circumstances, in verse 5, you see that it leads as well to prayer. It births prayer. And I hope we get to that in our times of trials. Whatever your situation is, get to the place of prayer. And bitter circumstances drove Israel to grumbling and murmuring, but it drove Moses to prayer. And so you read in verse 25 they complained against Moses and in 25 it says and he cried unto the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree you see the, the way Moses responded to this circumstance and and again your bitter situation that, that great test and you don't know how you are going to bear with this it should drive you to prayer and so Moses turns his eyes from that circumstance to the one who controls the circumstance so who, to whom are you crying when the test comes when the pressure comes when when you're shedding tears when the affliction comes when that illness comes uh, yes it is okay to sigh and, and the lord hears our sighs but we need to cry to the lord 
who alone is sovereign over all things. Cry out to your God. And uh, the Lord will answer. The Lord will show you that actually years before he caused the seed to fall just near there in their sight. And that seed germinated. And right at the right time, that tree had grown tall enough for it to be cut down by Moses. It was visible. Uh, and, and, and so the Lord showed Moses that tree. It's just over there. The solution is there. The, the, the answer to the prayer came immediately. And so you don't know what's, what God has been preparing, what God has, has, has been working in his wise providence uh, that is just there at, the, at your fingertips. But your eyes are close to it. Why? Because you have not been praying. You have not sought the Lord. You've been looking at the circumstance. Peter found this when he started walking on water. And so many other examples we have in the word of God. Dear friends, there are so many matters of application here. And if you want a, a much more expanded version of this, uh, listen to the um, last Sunday evening's message that I preached on this, expanding this passage. But I felt it is important. We, we, all of us, we go through things and I don't know your circumstance. Maybe you are at a standstill and maybe this bitterness is setting in. Maybe you are complaining. Maybe you are murmuring. Maybe you are filling the ears of your brothers and sisters with just the, the woes. And your eyes right now is shut to the solution that's right in the fr in front of you. And what it needs is pleading with God, crying out. It is a uh, the wording is that there is very strong. Moses, he cried out to God. Have you ever cried? With bitterness, pleading about a matter. Well, this is the kind of a prayer that God answers and praise God. There was a tree and praise God for our sins solution. There has been a tree raised up and upon it, Jesus Christ was crucified. And this tree is cast into the bitter situations of our lives. And it is that cross of Jesus Christ that makes every bitter experience of our life sweet as well. So the Lord Jesus Christ is near. His cross is near. And so, dear friends, be encouraged. The Lord answers prayer, even in the midst of the bitterness. Don't think that thing, the reason this thing has happened is purely because of the sin of someone else or the sin of yourself. I'm not saying it may not be. We make foolish decisions. We, we, we do some foolish things and we face the consequences. But even in those things, you remember that the Lord allowed me to go this way to show me his glory. So be encouraged, dear friends. Always, always it is right to prayer. So may God bless you in whatever circumstance you are in. And may the Lord answer the cries of your heart this afternoon. Amen.